come on. Do you really want God to speak to you? Oh, God, we need a move of the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, precious Savior, mighty God. Oh, we need Holy Ghost anointing, Holy Ghost preaching, Holy Ghost filled people. Lord, this is about the Holy Ghost tonight. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, blessed be his name. Jesus name. Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, preaching, preaching is a lot about seeing yourself. Preaching, the Bible said that in Corinthians, that if they were under the auspices of the Holy Ghost, that people would walk in and and, and they would hear their, 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 their secrets revealed and fall on their face and say, knowing surely God is in this place. Amen. And, 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 and preaching and the word of God needs to be a reflection. Amen. Of, and and, and I, to me, one of the greatest things is uh, a milestone in your walk and and in your entire life is when you finally see yourself for who you really are. It's so important to have self-perception of who you are. The reason, can I just tell you something, and, and, and I know that you don't wear makeup and all of that, but the reason why people add things to their facial contours and countenance and makeup and jewelry and oftentimes, I've read this with mustaches and beards, it's developing, amen, an image of who they are not, but who they want to be. And a lot of times, our, 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 our decorative dressing and, our, 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 and the makeup and the hairdos and the haircuts and the, and the way a woman does her hair and wears her dresses is, is reflecting somebody she wants to be, and it could be an image that she saw um, in the stores, in the mall, or in a magazine someplace, and it could be somebody famous. That's why the world sells lots of things by famous people, amen, and you know this is true, that they, that, that, that if somebody wears something, uh, a people manufacture, and everybody wants to do their hair like that and wear their clothes like that because they're trying to look like somebody else other than who they are. Amen. If you don't un understand what I'm saying, just look around you, and, and, and you have dress codes among, um, well, I used to live in Texas, in Kerrville, Texas, and we had a group, we called them kickers, and they were, they were cowboys that did a lot of riding, and we called them kickers, and they wore pointed, uh, the real pointed uh, cowboy boots, and they wore a certain style of Levi's, and their hats a certain way, and they, they identified with that group. They talked alike, they chewed alike, and they spit alike, and and they, and they all did. They were all 
alike, and and you got the preppy. You've seen the preppies. Those are people that go to college, and and they wear the certain kind of cut of shirts and and sweaters and and, and slacks, and they got that preppy look. You've heard this before, haven't you? I mean, you look around, and and and, and you got the in California, uh, we have the cholo look, the pachucos, and that's the the gang member look, and they wear a certain style of clothing, and they wear their hair slicked back a certain way. And uh, in, in my in California, Los Angeles area, uh, they would all, I remember going to school, and they'd all stand up against the wall, and they'd hold their feet out like this, and they had their T-shirts that hung out over their khakis, and they'd stand there, you know, and it's always Simone S.A., you know, and orderly vato, you know. And, uh, and they had a look, and they dressed a certain way, and their speech identified with how they looked. Oh, yeah. We had, we had the surfers and the beach combing crowd, and, and, and they wore their suede wallabies and their corduroy pants and Hawaiian shirts, and uh, they had a look of their own. And all these groups around the world, they didn't, I mean, look at the geeks. There's a geek look, and, uh, and I could go on for, with a lot of different looks, and you know it's right. Some of you all, uh, you know, I'm not going to say you look like geeks, but there's a, there's a look about you that you are trying to emulate and project. Amen. Oh, yeah. But when you come to church, and there's something about an anointed church, and there, it's different when a, when, when a called preacher preaches under the anointing. It has a way of ripping away the disguises, and, and as you sit there, you begin to see yourself as you really are, and, and, and not who you want everybody to see you as, and, and, and not so much as what maybe uh, your family wants, or the gang you want, want, or you run with, that want you to look like, and, and suddenly the fantasies are pulled away, and uh, we see ourselves, and, and, and money makes some people look a different way, and I don't have time to get on that, I'm, I'm already preaching, amen, I'm going to take another text here in just a moment, but it's about what I'm preaching, and I'll let you be seated in just a second, but I'm telling you, amen, that the preaching needs to reveal to you uh, the stark reality, the 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 the, 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 the Chapter number one, verse number 24, if you will turn in your
your Bibles and I'll allow you to be seated after we read the Word of God. Thank you for standing. I apologize for being uh, uh, rude and have you stand so long. But James 1 and 22, I, I feel a burden of the Holy Ghost tonight. I really do. I feel like God is already working on somebody. Amen. I, I can't tell you how close you are, amen, to breaking open the possibilities of potential that God has got for you. But, but, but you can't get to the next step uh, until you climb this step. Uh, you, 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 you can't move on to the next phase uh, until you get past this. James 1 and 22, it says, but be ye doers of the word. And not hearers only. And everybody, if you would, if you would humor me and read these last four words out loud, deceiving your own selves. Can you say that? Deceiving your own selves. I know this is different preaching because you ought to be seated. And there's a format of homiletics and hermeneutics that I am not following. But you listen to me. I feel like I'm following the Holy Ghost. Amen. There is, you remember this, please. If you don't remember nothing else, it's not my title, but you remember this. There is no deception like self-deception. There is no deception like self-deception. Deceiving your own self. Say that again, would you please? Verse 23, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgiveth. What manner of man he was. Father, we come to you again. I'm asking if you'd lay down your Bibles and pray, Jesus, that you would have your way in the next few minutes. God, I'm asking you, Lord, right now to anoint me. Use me, God, to help somebody, this local assembly, this good pastor. God, I pray, Lord, let thy will be done. Do it tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated for a few moments tonight. Amen. Amen. I want to preach to you tonight about who, who's that man in the mirror. Who's that man in the mirror. The Bible said that you are like unto a man beholding his face or his natural his, his his real face, his natural face, unmade up, unaltered, and unchanged. A man that beholds his natural face in a glass or a mirror, but he goes away and he forgets the manner of man he was. He puts it out of his mind. I'm here to tell you in the Holy Ghost tonight that God is wanting you to see a reflection of in the mirror, but it will be up to you whether you remember the man or the woman, and that is both genders. When I 
say, man, I mean, woman, even what you see in the mirror is up to your decision what you do about it. You may walk out of this place tonight and go back into the fantastical world, even of what you've imagined yourself to be, or you may do something about what you see. But God's word is not about making you and forcing you to make a change, but it's about showing you the evidence and that it's up to you to make the change and to do something about it. You can listen only and be a hearer and be entertained and intellectually stimulated, but if you don't do anything about it, you are the exact mirror of this scripture. this man in the mirror? Who is this man in the mirror? The man I thought I was that I paid so dearly was nothing more than a dream, a mirage of empty toil that I no longer see clearly. I looked and I looked. I know I'm repeating. I can't believe what I see. The man in the mirror is not the man I thought I was. Who could this be? I'm preaching to you tonight that God wants you to see yourself as you really are. Not who you've wanted everybody in the church to think you are. God sees you not in your accoutrements of your of your status and your economic level. God sees you not even with the style and the flair. Amen. That you want see. But tonight as we sit here under the power of the Holy Ghost, God sees you as you really are. He is not fooled. God is not beguiled. Amen. By your antics and the words that you say. God is not 
tonight. He knows where you've been. He knows the thoughts that you've been thinking. He's seen every nuance and movement in your body and in your life. God has heard every word. The thoughts before you even thought them. God contained them in the palm of his hand. And he's weighed them out tonight. Amen. You have lied to yourself so long. Amen. And there's no Deception uh, than self deception. Uh, amen. When you begin to believe your own lies, uh, amen. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, this is not a sympathetic message, uh, but it's an empathetic message uh, because uh, before I came to God, uh, I was a prolific liar. Uh, I learned how to make up stories uh, to the extent uh, that I am ashamed to tell you uh, that after I got in church uh, for several years, uh, in conversations, I would retell something, and I'd have to stop, and I'd think, was that really real, or was that part of the lies that I had so correctly constructed while I was in sin, and I'd have to stop and tell the person, hold on a moment, that really didn't happen, I really didn't do that, but I lied so long that I began to believe the lie itself, you may be astounded. And say, how can that be? But they're But somebody here tonight, you're not hearing me. You have crafted even your image so well that it's a wonder because you can't see yourself as you really are. You have begun to believe the very first story that you told. You have begun to believe the reports that you concocted. Somehow, people just start 
what they want to see with what with who is really reflected in the mirror. They begin to see. Amen. I'm, I'm going to tell you the illusion, the views, the lie becomes so real that when you look in the mirror, as you hear the word of God reflecting you, you're immediately deflecting to somebody else in the church or at least you're filtering it so that it's not all me. I'm not all bad. You understand, God. That preacher really don't know me, but I'm telling you, I may not know you, but God knows exactly who and what you are. I'm going to tell you, you can't serve God half-hearted. You can't serve God with half of your commitment. God has got to have everything or nothing at all. He's a jealous God. It's always someone else. And you remind me of the tale. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? A distorted, self-centered stepmother in the fictional tale of Snow White. As she looked into that mirror, and mirrors don't talk, but I'm going to tell you, when you get completely deceived, mirrors begin to talk. And when you become delusional with your own lies, voices speak out of reaffirmment of your fantasy on who you think you are or who you somebody wants you to be. Amen. And you begin to hear the voice. It's not long, though we chuckle. Amen. And amazement at that old tale. Amen. Of that stepmother getting out that mirror and saying, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? And the mirror said, oh, you are the fairest, but there's one other. And you're hearing a voice. But see, it's all a figment of your delusion and your deception. Let me tell you what it comes to, stepmother. Failed dreams. Failed marriages. Failed children. Failed relationships. Failed jobs. Every problem is always somebody else's fault. He meant I'd have kept that job, but that mean old manager done me wrong and worked against me. That girl across the hall or the other desk was always undermining me, and they finally listened to her and fired me. Oh, yeah, you got it down. That last relationship with your friends doesn't work out because she's so selfish and she's so self-centered. It's all about her, and, and, and it just was never going to work. So we broke up, and we're not going to see each other anymore. And, and uh, your children failed because of their father, because of their mother, because, you know, that they're just rebellious kids. Uh, and, 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 and your children are all going nuts. Hey, man, your marriages are failing because it's always his fault. It's always her fault. And if they weren't so persnickety and if they weren't so domineering and if they weren't so, so, so lazy, if they weren't this and they weren't that, and it's always somebody's fault. 
verse 18. No one understands. Because the delusion and the voice is coming from the mirror on the wall. You hear me tonight. You hear me tonight. The image appears and it's empty. Amen. And you are listening to a voice of hell that's going to take you to hell. And your, your, your end is going to be destruction. And, and tonight I feel this in the Holy Ghost. This is a simple message. I, and actually I'm about done if, if they can come to the music and help me in just a moment. But, but I just feel this burning in my, my bosom and in my mind right now. Who's that man in the mirror? Who are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking to you. like this little poem that I penned. Who is that man in the mirror? His look, his face seems different from what I imagined and configure the lines and the creases. Oh, what terror. I don't like what I see, preacher. The man I thought I was that I paid so dearly was nothing more than a dream, a mirage of empty toil that I no longer can see clearly. It was Satan in the brazier that I looked and I looked. I can't believe what I see. You see, we've all been here. I looked and I looked one day, and I said the same thing. I can't believe what I see. The man in the mirror is not the man I thought I was. Who could this be? You ever been there? I looked and I looked. The person I see, it's really not the man I wanted to be. He looks like others' description of someone I disdain. Could it be, could it be that he who stares at me or what pain as I twist and contort, touch and feel this man, this man in the mirror he seems so alas I concluded with defeat and refrain this man, this man in the mirror, the man I thought I was and who I really am, I now disdain. Who is that man in the mirror? 
head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to pray. Is that man in the mirror? Do you see yourself? You may be the very thing that's plugging a free flow of revival in this church. Well, I'll just leave. That's not the plan of God. You see, he just wants you to look in the mirror. And he wants you to say, help me. Probably one of the saddest, one of the saddest declarations that I've read in the Bible, not the, but one of the saddest declarations that God made to Israel. He said, can a leper change his spot or an Ethiopianist color or his skin? Then he said, neither can you do good that are accustomed to doing evil. That seems so final and judgmental and because this leopard can't change its spots in an Ethiopian can't really change his color. Does that mean we can't do good? He was declaring the likelihood and how hard it is for a man or a woman to really come clean. You see, your problem has been preached before I ever got here. It has been identified and you've rejected it. But God cannot help you until you come to an altar and you kneel down and you say, Lord, it's me. I got a problem, God. And this is my problem, self-identifying the problem. God, this is a problem. Now, I've not been able to really see it or accept it, but I've been told and I've been preached to. And the reflection that I see not who I want to be. And until you do this, you will either languish in a place of misery. Or if you're in the way, God will remove you from this church. Nobody will feel sorry. A choice. Your 
you're afraid of what people will think more than what God sees. But if you don't pray tonight, then you are going to see all your deception in delusion. But tonight, backgrounds don't even know your names, but God knows everything about you. This altar is open. I would not, if God was talking to me, I'd be saying, God, it's me. Reflection. 